0: With your permission, I don't want to talk further about the inquiry. Uh, You know, I've exhausted what I had to say yesterday. I think more pertinently and more importantly, what we need in South Africa is a professional, uh, efficient, and effective civil service. I think we've got to address the problem, and we can't look at it ad hoc at every instance which is now becoming the focus of inquiries. I think we as civil society must make a special effort to bring the government of the day to understand that a very important segment of democracy, if not in our case, the survival of democracy, a successful democracy, is a very strong professional civil service outside the government. Your traditional understanding of democracy is an executive represented by government, a professional civil society, and then, of course, the judiciary. We can't allow to sacrifice a very strong professional civil service, whether it's in sanitation, in water affairs, in electricity, home affairs, whether it's in medicine, whether it's in law. There must be an understanding on the part of the South African public so they can meaningfully participate, that a superintendent of a hospital owes his obligation to that particular community that he serves, the nurses, the patients, the doctors, the community not to the government of the day and I think we've got to start addressing that very important point and I think the leaders of our community in whatever sector they might be civil society the intelligentsia must appreciate that we have good people to take these positions and we must bring into positions of managing government departments people who are competent compassionate and passionate about their jobs And I think that's the starting point, uh, if I may contribute.
1: Advocate Kasim, I think, you know, um, one of the other important tenets of, you know, vibrant democracy is that of transparency. Now, you know, the public is sitting here trying to get answers as to what actually happened. Uh, Yes, Yes. you're not going to share with us, you know, how you were informed. But were you at least given reasons uh, as to why you should not proceed?
0: Let me make my position clear on this issue. I wasn't sitting and chairing a disciplinary inquiry. Uh, I was appointed in terms of an act of parliament at the behest of the president, go and investigate whether the incumbent NDPP is fit and proper. Not a difficult task because the uh, parameters of what's required from a fit and proper person have been clearly spelled out by the highest court of the land. So that wasn't a difficult task. My appointment was terminated Again, with the prerogative of government, the president says, "I established inquiry. I no longer want the inquiry to go on. It doesn't then lie in my mouth to question why. It's not like when I was chairing recently the South African Airways the CEO's position. There, there was a settlement. I said no, but I'm sitting in the, in the I'm, I'm sitting in the position of chairman of the board for purposes of this inquiry. You have." Uh, put me in that position, and therefore I'm entitled to further particulars. What are the Mm -hmm. terms of the settlement? In fact, although the matter was resolved, I proceeded to give a a, a written uh, reasons what I thought should be the position. So if you are talking about transparency, you're perfectly correct. I have no doubt in the coming days the government will have to uh, uh, elaborate on the reasons why the inquiry was terminated, will have to give uh, full details about the terms of the settlement, because they are obliged to do so. South Africans, as a right, are entitled to the information. After all, you're dealing with the number one law officer of the country. You're dealing with responsibilities that the government owes through his office to the public. So, of course, you'll get that information. Or I should put it this way, you were, you should get the information. But I'm not in a position to tell you what the terms are. I must say to you that before I terminated the inquiry, and that is why the inquiry started a few minutes late, it was meant to start at 9 o'clock, it started about 5 past 9, I called in the party's legal representatives and I asked them whether they were prepared to engage me on the terms of the settlement. They were not prepared to engage me, so I could not take that further.
1: And um, as for your colleagues, I mean, you had to obviously break the news to them that this inquiry is no longer going ahead. But um, uh, as I understand it, you would have uh, been sitting for about six uh, weeks or so. Will you still be paid uh, for that?
0: I must say to you, conscious of the fact that inquiries and litigation by the government cost the government a large sum of money in this country. Uh, I was very conscious of those facts. The preparation from the point of view of the commissioners was minimal. I had uh, preliminary meetings, set the time frames when people were supposed to submit submissions and answers so that we could crystallize the issues. I had a rather detailed um, meeting at my chambers on Saturday afternoon at my instance to isolate what I thought and to crystallize the issues so that we could finish the evidence in two or three days, I was determined to give my recommendations by next week, Monday. matter was never set down for a long period of time. It was set down for the week. Earlier on, there were approaches to try to extend the in terms of the commission. I thought it was not necessary. It was certainly manageable. So from a cost point of view, if I'm talking about the cost of the commission itself, relatively speaking, the cost of this commission is minimal.